0: VG Oncology is live in Chicago at ASCO 2022. We're speaking to leading experts across the field of oncology about the biggest updates being presented at the Congress. Here are our highlights from day two. We caught up with Joachim Belmont of Harvard Medical School and Dana-Farber Cancer Institute on the Javelin Bladder 100 trial.
1: The Javelin 100 uh, trial uh, was a trial conducted Um, as first-line therapy that, in fact, it was first-line therapy connected to uh, maintenance therapy. Patients who um, um, had bladder cancer, metastatic, locally advanced, that were receiving cisplatin-based chemotherapy, either cisplatin gemcitabine or carboplatin gemcitabine, if they did not progress, they were like randomized after four, six cycles uh, to receive uh, a velumab maintenance plus best supportive care Uh, or best supportive care alone. And this uh, happened in between four to 10 weeks after completing the four, six cycles of uh, chemotherapy. The main point was overall survival. And um, uh, the the results of this trial were published in the New England Journal in uh, 2020, where for the first time, um, giving maintenance of Elumab in patients that did not progress to first line chemotherapy, a survival benefit was observed. The median difference in in, in survival was uh, seven months in comparing Avelumab maintenance versus uh, best supportive care. We have done uh, several uh, super analysis uh, of, uh, of the patient's uh, characteristics and uh, different treatments received. We have seen that there is no difference if the patients have been receiving uh, cisplatin gemcitabine or carboplatinum gemcitabine. And what I'm presenting it at, at this ASCO meeting is what the patients receive uh, in, in, the, in the arm of uh, maintenance Avelumab, the subsequent therapies, uh, meaning um, what to do uh, in, after a, a patient on available maintenance uh, progress or, or stop therapy. In fact, there were 60% of the patients that received subsequent uh, therapy. That could be in either um, chemotherapy or uh, immunotherapy or others. And in between others, we could see patients that received receive um, uh, received infortumabedotin, or either uh, different types of agents. So what was seen is that despite uh, whatever subsequent therapy the patients received, the benefit of maintenance of Belumab was observed. So there was no uh, difference between uh, when comparing patients that receive uh, chemotherapy versus uh, patients receiving Enfortumab-Bedotin, uh, even the number of patients is limited. So and we need to do much more exploratory analysis on, on, on that. So presently, um, there is uh, an unmet medical need on what needs to be done in patients that fail a velumab, meaning after maintenance, what to do next. We assume that infortumab vedotin might be uh, good because uh, you are um, giving EB in third line after chemotherapy and, and immunotherapy, but there is no data, as mentioned. In this analysis, that is what it was a post hoc analysis. This was not in the clinical trial design process, so this data was collected. We uh, present the, the median survival of patients that receive, again, chemotherapy, with a median survival of 22 months, uh, compared to patients that receive other type of agents, that is a median survival of 19 months. So we cannot do comparisons, uh, and the important message here is that uh, Velumab maintenance was seen benefiting all these different subgroup of patients, whatever they receive as subsequent therapy.
0: We also spoke to Robert Jones from the University of Glasgow on results from the cabazantinib arm of the Atlantis trial.
2: Uh, I've been presenting some results from the Atlantis platform trial. So this is a UK-wide precision medicine platform trial uh, in the maintenance setting. So this is patients who are enrolled during first-line chemotherapy for advanced urothelial cancer. During the chemotherapy, the patients submit archival tissue for biomarker testing, then at the end of chemotherapy, if, they're still, if there's still ongoing clinical benefit, that is stable disease, partial response, complete response at the end of chemotherapy, they're then offered randomization into one of a suite of different clinical trials depending on their biomarker status. So we presented the results of um, the RuCAPA randomization at the GU meeting earlier in 2022, uh, and that was a positive signal. Um, we also, some patients were, were directed towards an, a randomization between enzalutamide or placebo, if they are AR positive. Uh, we haven't shown the results of that yet. This was actually the rest of them. So these are patients who were negative for those biomarkers, uh, and they were randomized to receive either cabozantinib or placebo. So cabozantinib is an oral multi-tyrosine kinase inhibitor, principally vascular endothelial growth factor receptor, but also some other targets which are probably relevant in in, in urothelial cancer. And they continue with that until radiographic progression. It's a signal searching study. Um, it's a negative study. The <laughs> primary endpoint is progression-free survival uh, and there was really no difference between the two arms of the trial. Similarly for overall survival. Uh, Toxicity-wise, and this is a drug which is widely used, into the, particularly in the treatment of renal cancer. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing new to see. It's a drug which was generally well-tolerated, albeit with quite a, a significant number of dose reductions to get tolerability. Um, so, uh, obviously, the trial is that that niche is no longer appropriate because the standard of care has moved on in that in, in that setting. So, the trial is actually now now closed. Um, because it's no longer really ethical to randomise patients against placebo in that setting.
0: Miguel Garcia-Pardo from Princess Margaret Cancer Centre discussed some of the challenges of implementing genomic testing in lung cancer.
3: We know that uh, there is an increasing number of, of uh, targeted therapies becoming available for molecular alterations in lung cancer. I remember 10 years ago it was mainly EGFR, Alcan, ROS1, but now we have more and more uh, oncogenic drivers for which we have a, a, a treatment uh, for, and the thing is that uh, lung is not an easy organ to biopsy, right? It's not like a normal anoma or even breast that we can just get a tissue biopsy quite easily. To get a uh, lung tissue you have to do a CT-guided biopsy if it's peripheral or even an IVAS bronchoscopy. And the amount of tissue that you can get sometimes is not large enough to run all the tests we, we need. Immunohistochemistry, pdl one expression, and also uh, the, the tissue-based uh, molecular profiling panel. So I think that's a very relevant issue because sometimes there is not enough tissue to run all the tests we need to, to make a decision about first-line therapy in the lung disease. And also, when we do, sometimes it takes a a lot of time. In our study, the turnaround time for the the, the 160 gene panel was uh, 26 days. But the turnaround times are are usually about that. First of all, the tissue has to go to the pathology to identify the the subtype, the histologic subtype, then the the other type of immunohistochemistry, assays, to further determine the subtype, and then it goes for the molecular profiling. Of course, that's one of the habits or the limitations of our study of the plasma first approach. Right, uh, plasma-based molecular profiling uh, can give us information about the the molecular alterations but it does not give us any information about, uh, about histology, right? So that's why in our study uh, we've, we, we still need a, the tissue, right? And I think that's not going to change in clinical practice. We still need the tissue to know the, the diagnosis, the histologic subtype, but I think plasma can also add uh, a lot of value in terms of accelerating wait times uh, and, and improve patient outcomes because of that.
0: Finally, we spoke to Ian Chow, who discussed the potential of CAR-T therapy for gastric cancer.
4: CAR-T is a very um, interesting strategy uh, in solid tumors, including gastric cancer. So the uh, preliminary data that was presented in in ASMO last year, uh, coming from China, which is now uh, fully published, Does show very early promising uh, results of using CAR T in gastric cancer, and there they're using uh, Claudin 18.2 as a as a as a target to make to engineer the CAR T. Um, Now the the uh, challenge, okay, which again based on, because one of my other roles is actually treating lymphomas, where I use CAR-T as a standard therapy for my lymphoma patients. So we uh, do recognize some of the uh, challenges that we might face if we treat solid um, cancer based patients. So partly is the time from uh, actually uh, harvesting the st- cells from patients, manufacture the cells and going back to them because all that can take a certain amount of time and in some of these patients, whether they can wait okay that long uh, for for them for the disease not to progress so quickly and able to infuse the cells back and have enough time for the car to work okay so uh, I think some of the challenge would be. At what time point do we think that we need to start uh, harvesting cells and make CAR T and uh, store them? Because if you do it too early, then there might be a lot of patients who do not require it for a long time, or who may not require it for at all. Okay, but if you're too too late, then they don't. The cancer can't wait enough time uh, for for the patient to be still well enough to uh, gain the benefit from CAR T. So I think there is a, a fine balance between efficacy, uh, the logistic of delivering a treatment, and how long, uh, you know, how, when and how long you can wait to give the patient the treatment. So I think all these will. Um, you know, no doubt the efficacy will be very exciting, but there is uh, many, uh, many things in the, in the balance that we really have to do in order to, you know, deliver this uh, treatment to patients.
0: That covers the highlights from day two of our interviews. Stay tuned for more roundups throughout the Congress and be sure to follow us on Twitter for live updates. Head on over to vjoncology.com for loads more interviews, podcasts and roundtable discussions as we bring you all the highlights from ASCO 2022.